It's just understanding the audience, understanding the crowd that's coming in, what type of demographic it's going to bring, how many people, if there's any vulnerable points. We'll stack security there. You're listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, a podcast for professionals responsible for the safety and well-being of their employees. Each episode features an interview with a leader in employee safety to discuss how to protect your employees from a wide array of threats, from severe weather to a global pandemic. Let's get into the show. Hello, and welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast, where we discuss insights and ideas for how to protect your most valuable asset, your people. I'm your host, Peter Steinfeld, and my guest today is Joanna Packard. Joanna is the Director of Safety and Security for the professional ice hockey team, the Vegas Golden Knights. Joanna, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Peter? Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for being here today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Our focus today is how the Vegas Golden Knights manage security both on and off the ice. But before we begin, can you tell us a little bit about your career background? Yeah, sure, of course. So initially, I first started in uh, private investigations. I worked on uh, cases involving organized crime, uh, violent crimes, fraud, theft. I did large lawsuits with bribery, corruption with certain different entity businesses. And gosh, I've done a little bit uh, with the private investigations world. But from there, I uh, went into corporate investigations with the Win and Encore. My responsibilities there were to basically oversee all the criminal activity within the casinos. And that was, I mean, that was endless. It was underage gaming. You've got drinking, drugs, assault, you know, different threats. You've got missing people. You've got letters, suspicious packages. I mean, you name it. We definitely covered it there. So I spent a lot of time there, almost uh, almost eight years working in that, uh, that casino world. And from there, I just kind of wanted to just be more involved with disaster action and um, actually getting involved in the emergency and crisis management aspect of it with doing actually like deploying to different places and being just more involved with the community. So that's when I decided to go back to school and I got my um, master's in emergency and crisis management. And then I kind of just got wind of this job and here I am working for the Vegas Golden Knights. That's fantastic. So basically what you've just said is you've seen it all. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of it. <laughs> Stuff that I didn't even know existed. Um, it's, uh, I'm, never, I'm never surprised, that's for sure. All the stuff that stays in Vegas, you know about it because you're there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, current day, what are your responsibilities within the organization? So every day is a little bit busy and a little bit different, obviously. So I oversee two different arenas. Um, one is our AHL arena, and then we've got our NHL arena. So both two different total properties. We've got uh, two restaurants, two coffee shops, and two retail spaces in both of those entities. But overall, I mean, our main priority is the safety and security of our guests and our employees in the facility. And, you know, we do that through means with surveillance control, access control. We've got a physical presence with our security being, you know, boots on the ground. We actually handle all the first aid incidents. So any type of ice incidents or anything really relating to the arena at all, you know, altercations, retail incidents, thefts, capacity limits, emergency exits, alcohol challenges. I mean, you name it, we've got it all here. Now, the hockey season isn't year round. So do you have other events at your facilities besides hockey games? 
Yeah, we do. Well, actually, gosh, we only had about a month of downtime this last year because we went through playoffs and then we got very, very close to going into the Stanley Cup. But sometimes we we barely have any downtime at all. But um, regardless, every day we've got different events at the arena. And that's, I mean, we've got public skating events, learn to skate. We've got hockey tournaments. We've got U.S. figure skating competitions coming in, different type of special events, birthday parties. Um, We also partner with the city. So if the city has different events, Lots of lots of different stuff coming through here other than just, you know, the actual team playing on the ice. What kind of risk mitigation strategies and tactics do you have for some of the safety and security challenges you just mentioned? Yeah, great question, Peter. Um, actually, so everything really depends varying on the event. You know, for example, if we've got a tournament going on, you've got a lot of players that are on the ice, but you've got their friends, they're hanging out in the visitor or the team bench area where there's no protection. They don't have a helmet on and things like that. So, and you know, sometimes we've got a little girl that's, you know, just heading out on the ice for the first time learning to skate and, and she gets her hand caught in the ice skating door. And so ways to mitigate that is just, you know, these different things, they happen and there's never one the same incident. So anytime something happens, you just, you've got to, you know, kind of analyze what happened and see the different things that we can do to, to make changes. You know, for example, for our public skates, you know, all the rink doors, those are always open. You know, they're not supposed to be closed anymore. So anybody that's tampering with those doors, we kindly tell them, hey, you can't do this. And it's for these purposes. You know, if you see somebody kind of standing in an area where they're not supposed to, you just go up to them and and tell them why they can't be here. So it's just a a day-to-day mitigation effort and, and each incident is different. I imagine there are quite a few nuances involved in preparing for each one of these events. So how do you and your team handle that? What's your approach? Just that, I mean, a lot of it, like you said, is repetition, which in a way, basically, we've had all these events, we know how to set it up, we know where our weaknesses are, you know, if there's any vulnerable points, you know, we stack up security in those areas. If we know we're going to have a high, you know, high presence in the retail area, we'll stack security there. So um, again, it's just understanding the audience, you know, understanding the crowd that's coming in, what type of demographic it's going to bring, how many people, um, and you just kind of, you know, look at each different different area and way and just try to hope that you cover cover each specific thing that you can. Okay. And I can imagine that the security profile is different if you've got high profile, famous players in there versus just the average public. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got a lot of, um, sometimes we'll have celebrities come in, but the majority of it are hockey players. And so the biggest thing you've got to kind of just keep an eye out for are, are hockey fans, which most of the time they're just very, they're harmless, but because of the COVID protocols, you know, there's certain distances we have to keep in mind and some just different security measures in that aspect as well. So definitely varies. That's for sure. What's something that you think an average person would be surprised to learn about your job? (laughs) Honestly, I think this is a a pretty wide range answer. In all the investigative work that I've done, people are just so surprised that things like this happen in the world. Injuries like this happen. You know, it's different cyber risks, or if you have a fan or an unruly guest, or if you've got theft in the arena, or if it's an employee related to theft, you know, it's just people are always so shocked to hear that that stuff goes on. And, you know, we have a very friendly public family friendly arena. And, you know, we've got some really brutal ice injuries that come out of the arena, you know, from some really basic skating um, sessions and things like that. So 
there's just, you know, it's different things that people hear and they're like, wow, I guess I really didn't think that that happened, you know, in a, in a, in a place like this. So, so do you have medical staff like EMT staff kind of year round there to, to address issues? We, we actually don't have any staff on site. We are contracted out with uh, an AMR company, which is an ambulance service. Mm. We are super, super lucky to have the fire and medic uh, right around the corner. They're really blocks within both of our arenas. So anytime we need uh, assistance, they're here within, you know, less than two, three minutes. So we're very lucky to have them right down the road. That's great. We've talked about the many and varied incidents that you and your team prepare for and respond to. So thinking back over your time with the Golden Knights, is there a specific day on the job that you're most proud of or that provided you with the biggest learning experiences? (laughs) Yes, uh, this is such a good question for me. So my first week with the Vegas Golden Knights, it was my second day. I was at the NHL arena and I was just kind of getting acclimated with my desk and just learning faces and even just how to even get into the arena and mosey around. And our fire evacuation alarm went off. And at the time, I didn't even know where our fire panel was. So I didn't know where it was located. People were starting to evacuate the arena. They were sort of looking at me because at that time I had been introduced as the new security director. And I just felt so silly. But gosh, it was such a learning curve because, you know, that day kicked off training. It kicked off, you know, creating policies and procedures and getting staff trained on, you know, where all of our equipment was, what were the biggest priorities in our arena. So it turned out being a blessing, definitely in disguise, but a learning curve for sure, because I mean, I I know every single thing about the arena that has to do with the fire system. So that was a really big thing that I I doubt that I'll ever forget. And actually to bounce off of that, so that was my second day. That was a Tuesday at our NHL rink. And then on Thursday, um, that evening, I actually got a call. Um, I had gone home for the day. This was our AHL rink. I'd gotten a call and um, we had a hazmat situation. So in our arena, obviously, um, we have refrigeration systems, which keep the ice cool. And so there was a challenge where some of the ammonia had leaked out. Our alarms had gone off. There was an issue with our HVAC system where some of the software, the dampers didn't close. So long story short, where the ammonia was supposed to be exiting the arena, it was actually being filtered back in by our HVAC unit. And so it was very, very negligible amount, but it was actually spread through the arena and we had to close it down and evacuate as well. So that was that was a big one too. Oh, wow. Now, having had these experiences, do you spend a lot of time with your team now training for things like this that could happen? So they're, like you said, just familiar with the building and where everything is? Oh, yeah, definitely. That was one of the biggest things that I wanted to teach not only my team, but, you know, directors within the facility. We've got operations team that are always working on, you know, different things in the facility and then also a facilities team. Just having everyone trained and being on the same page and understanding, you know, what the different alarms are, what to look for, how to fix it, when to call someone. So I think that that was, it was, like I said, a blessing in disguise, but overall, it was a very, very good thing that happened because we've got a lot of different measures in place that we didn't have before. Yeah, without a doubt. And when you're dealing with the general public like you do, it seems like nobody can say, well, that's not my job. I'll wait for the person who is responsible for that to take care of that problem. I mean, you just have to react immediately. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. How does your background in investigation and crisis management help you in the day-to-day responsibilities of your job? Gosh, (laughs) 
if I feel like if I didn't have the training, if I didn't even go through my master's program, I would be, uh, well, A, I wouldn't be qualified for this job. There's so much that involves policies and procedures. You know, I go on a daily basis, I'm reviewing permits and going through OSHA regulations and, you know, just understanding how to create emergency action plans and evacuation plans and what to do in a hazmat situation. All of that was covered within my education. And, you know, without that knowledge, it, there wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't be leading by example. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, I like to close out each episode by asking our guests for a piece of advice or a best practice that our audience can take back to their organizations to make an immediate impact. So with that in mind, what's something our listeners can do today to improve facility security at their companies and organizations? Sure. That's a great question, Peter. Something that I personally do, I'm constantly researching and reading things online of different events that have gone off around the country, um, if they've had challenges, things that they would do different, um, things within our our own facility here. You know, we do a lot of after action reports. Um, anytime we have an event, if there's a challenge that we face during that event, you know, afterward, we'll all come together and we'll say, you know, how can we avoid this in the future? And I think just having like that big communication piece open and always being a student and open to just learning um, is the best advice that I can give. Learn from others' experiences, mm -hmm. uh, sage advice. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we've talked about the all hazards approach quite a bit on this show, and it makes total sense, especially for an organization like yours with so many different people and types of events coming through on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. Joanna, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate your time and expertise and certainly hope the Vegas Golden Knights have a fantastic rest of their season. Thank you so much, Peter. I appreciate being a guest and I had a great time. If anyone listening has follow-up questions or would like to connect with you or perhaps just ask for a Zamboni ride next time they're in town. What's the best way for them to find you out there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love making connection. I love having those relationships and, and finding people with uh, the same security background. But feel free to email me. You can reach me at Joanna Packard at VegasGoldenKnights.com. Thank you so much. Thank you, Peter. You bet. Well, thanks again for taking time to join us on the Employee Safety Podcast. And for the rest of you out there, Remember, nothing ever goes 100% according to plan in an emergency, so communication is incredibly important. If you can't communicate, you can't recover. Until next time. Alert Media is changing the way your leaders and response teams connect and communicate effectively when seconds matter. We provide our customers with a comprehensive solution for monitoring threats around the world and deploying fast, effective emergency communication. You need a panic-proof solution for high-stakes moments. In just a few clicks, your team can send a multi-channel notification to an impacted group of people and confirm their safety immediately. When employee safety is at stake, don't just communicate. Connect and confirm with a robust emergency communication solution. Visit alertmedia.com for more information. You've been listening to the Employee Safety Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give a quick rating of the show. Just tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.